Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. from Mrs. Farrell's CSO Kitchen, it's a wheezing, groaning sound, the only podcast about Doctor Who. And you join us for the first of a trilogy of episodes about everyone's favourite space Moriarty, The Master. So, <laughs> Delgar, don't let the lockdown get to you. Yay! You can go mess around with your friends eventually. Until then, keep it simple. Nice. Don't be a prat. <laughs> we darwan any trouble. It'll all jacker be fine, and if you oh need to God. take, <laughs> and if you need to take your temperature, make sure you do it anally. <laughs> I'm something, and joining me are two men who always know their Estram from their Portrieve, who always know their Colonel Masters from their Mister Saxon. If it's the Paul Litchfield, Mister Jeremy. Happy New Who. Happy, Happy new. new Who. Happy New Hike. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to be wow. back. Mm, Isn't it just? Mm. Oh, my words. So, we should say we're doing, um, to celebrate 50 years of his appearance on our television screens, we are doing episodes featuring The Master. It's very exciting. It is very mm. exciting. Very, um, very exciting. Out of interest, when was the. Can anyone remember the first time they saw a Master story? The Five Doctors for me. Oh, was oh, it? Brilliant. Yeah. I think it, um, it, it's got to be a Baker one. Um, I was slightly too young for Pertwee because I was born in 73. So, oh. But I did start watching from the age of about four, <laughs> four or five. Mm. So it would definitely would have been a Baker, Tom so Baker. The Deadly Assassin, maybe? Could have been the Me- first time. Could have been Deadly Assassin, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. You? Interesting. Um, I think the first, maybe it was when they re- they repeated some on the BBC, and I think maybe I caught a, a repeat of the Demons. Mm. Um, oh that was wow! My first intro to the Master, and it, that is a good that is a bravura performance. But I think these are also very good. The ones we're going to discuss sort of over the next few weeks. Yes. Uh, Let's we just should... say they're a mixed batch. <laughs> well, also, also, what better episode to start with than his first appearance? Exactly. That's so. It's Terror of the Autons. Mm. Oh, and this is his first appearance. That's amazing. Mm. So yeah, it's and I think off to a fly. I don't want to give anything away too much, but off to a fly already. Mm. However, um, fifty years ago, almost to this very day we're recording, some people might not have been watching Terror of the Autons. Well, the councillors are fools. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Terror of the Autons. It was uh, first came onto our screens on Friday the second of January nineteen seventy one. Oh, lovely! At a rather beautiful. Oh, I actually wrote down the time. Went, oh, no, I have. Um, 5.15 is when it came on. Perfect. Excellent time. 5.15. So if you were watching BBC One, um, <laughs> programmes started at midday. <laughs> of course. Yep. And they immediately hit you with Weatherman. Nice. Good. But for the first time ever, ever of mentioning Weatherman, I've actually got some blurb on it. Oh, wow. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And it says this. Bert Ford... O-O-R-D, Bert Ford, <laughs> looks at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't Bert Fjord. I don't know, it's <laughs> F-O-O-R-D, Bert Ford. Ford. Um, and then it immediately, um, obviously, smacked headlong into Grandstand, which went all day from midday until Doctor Who at 5.15. Doctor Who, part one, Terror of the Autons, and it says this, the Doctor has a life-and-death struggle on his hands and a new assistant to add to his troubles. Mm. Oh, hello. Mm. To add to his troubles. (laughs) (laughs) He's very much like Well, as we will get into, I mean, for first episode, he really loathes her, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then a little bit later on, you had It's Cliff Richard, 
With oh. Eunice Stubbs and Hank Marvin. Be careful, everyone. <laughs> Why He's you starving. The show? <laughs> <laughs> and I, of course, did it. No. Uh, no uh, so that's good. 20- he did a show with Aunt Sally. Yeah, Aunt Ooh. Sally. Brilliant stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, eight tw- I've worked with Aunt Sally. She was lovely. Um, oh. 8.25, the Saturday thriller, The Smugglers. Oh. A sweet old lady and her pretty stepdaughter are on holiday in Europe and become unsuspecting pawns in a smuggling operation. Blimey, two uh, two innocent pawns in the same yeah. sentence is risky. Unbelievable. It? I'm going to pawn me stepsister. Um, <laughs> Were they smuggling peanuts? Well, it, who knows? It, and it just says two innocents abroad and murder. Oh, or two two broads were innocents. <laughs> and then at quarter past eleven, you had Braden's week. Mm. Bernard Braden takes a sideways look at the news with John Pittman and Esther Ranson, featuring a surprise performance from prominent people who could entertain us. <laughs> <laughs> This week, Lord Soper. No. Oh, I don't think he will entertain anyone. I wonder what he's going to do. I'm going to do the Boogie Woogie Boogie Boy of Company B on the bagpipes. <laughs> go on then, go on then, if you must, if you must. If you were watching BBC Two, programme started at 11am, um, so you could have started an hour earlier by get, switching on to BBC Two, and then you'd have to watch Play School for 20 minutes, and then it closed down again. Yeah, oh my God. That was how bad and it was. Yeah. So you had 20 minutes of play school, mm. closed down, and then TV started again at 6 o'clock in the oh evening my God. with another concert from Vienna, which I believe we may have bumped into these before in we other have. Yes. 70s episodes. And then after that, you had a programme at 8pm called Europa, Britain and Europe. And the blurb says, only 30 kilometres separate England from the continent, Half an hour by hovercraft, yet separated by centuries of separate development. <laughs> Did Christ. Bradley have the stuff about uh, 30 minutes by hovercraft? Yeah, he must have. Yeah, they <laughs> must have just watched Doctor Who and put yeah. that on. <laughs> and then at 9.20, you had Marty Feldman in Marty Feldman Abroad. Marty Ooh. Feldman goes abroad with predictable results. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Not and then you had a late... Yeah, that's fair enough. And then you had um, Late Night Review, and it just says, Peter Brook. Peter Brook describes his radical approach to the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Gone are the magic and the fairies. It's all set in a white gymnasium. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What, a gymnasium that's painted white? I presume so. Or an all-white gymnasium that's racially slurred? I don't know. Who knows? And then... And then after that, you had late night lineup. Michael Dean looks back over the week with Willie Rushton and other people. Mm. <laughs> and that was your televisual treats on BBC One and BBC Two. Wow. wow. But why? Why would you be watching them when you've mm. got a delight of the terror of the Autons? Oh. Um, should we just crack on? Should we crack straight into it? I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, okay. honestly. So, we start in the Stock Footage Circus. <laughs> yes. Uh, run, by, uh, run by Roy Hattersley. Yep. <laughs> and we hear, we hear the traditional sound of a TARDIS materialising. Yeah. That's all fine. It's Doctor Who. We know what that it's is. Doctor Who. And it's a horse box. It's what? a bloody horse box. What odd choice for a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it just because suppose... it's got box in the name? Police box. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he, if he went slightly further to the left, then the TARDIS might have appeared as a lion. <laughs> he crawls out of his mouth. Crawls out of the lion's ass. I mean, is it, is, it literally just, <laughs> is it just literally so it'll blend in and be rather cheap with the surroundings? Or Yeah, I think because the yeah. circus is they're supposed to look a little bit travelly carny types, so that's mm. why they've decided to go with that horse box thing, maybe. Yeah, because it would be great if it was a tent, but I suppose the, the logistics of actually sort of building a tent... Uh, and then doing the kind of the the, the materialisation thing might have been too much of a stretch for poor Barry Letts. We don't mm. know. Mm. Possibly. Mm. It's just not very sexy, is it? <laughs> it's a bit like if Fred West was a time time lord. <laughs> 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 oh, we got a lovely horse box back there. Yeah. <laughs> it looks bigger on the inside. Especially, with, especially with a patio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was a patio, if he just like it was a normal garden and then a patio. 
materialised in front of us. Well, he had loads of assistants once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got yeah. fed up on being under my feet all day. <laughs> he's, he's the only time lord we know that travels with his own graveyard. It's rather beautiful. <laughs> Until John. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, so out steps Roger Delgado as the master. Oh, oh, oh. looking absolutely every inch amazing. Absolutely. Oh, so good. Instantly, you know, this is a villain. This is going to be incredible. He he never oversells it. It's always a pitch perfect performance. Um, weird then that the first thing he gets to do is he says to the the owner, old Roy Hattersley, aka mm. uh, is he Luigi Rossini? That's his. Luigi, Re- yeah, he's pretending to be Italian as well. Yeah, isn't he? <laughs> for like two seconds, and then he gives up. Yes. He's Alec Baldwin's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, you, like, you get to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, um... Start as you mean to go on, son. <laughs> <laughs> and so he hypnotises him to carry out the world's weirdest heist. Yep. Yes, you will obey me. Mm. And uh, knock out a policeman for a bit. Uh, yeah. While I smash up a, um, a, a display case. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he's getting the nesting consciousness, but we don't know that yet. We're going to find that no. out in a bit. Yeah. Um, cut to the doctor's laboratory. He's oh. having a tinker. He's having a tinker. Oh, Lovely old great. tinker. Doesn't doesn't before he does that though you hear him singing I don't want to set the world on fire <laughs> and then you hear <laughs> and I thought what's a good gag. joke yeah it's a good joke it's yeah. a good joke mm. yeah he comes um, out the tardis like you know all smoking and like doy oh, again <laughs> and clearly the doctor has had some stipulation for what he wants in his laboratory because mm. he's got um, a spiral staircase and a blowfish hanging from the ceiling oh yeah. my god what is it with the with the stuffed inflatable blowfish <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could look at for the whole story I and so I just kept, couldn't keep my eyes off it and also there's, there's like some paddles attached to a wall there yeah. looks like there's just one tiny sort of pelican's beak that's just stuck. <laughs> it is, yeah. it's like it's like he's doing it in the natural history museum it's really <laughs> he's interested in animals with mouths <laughs> he really is i guarantee when he first got that puffer fish it wasn't puffed like that <laughs> that was after he'd had a tinker no i didn't say blow fish yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, a be- it's a beautiful setup. Mm. Yes, it's lovely. And in walks the other first appearance of an iconic Who character. Oh, mm. is it really the first Brigadier appearance as well? Oh no, it's the first no, Joe. Joe. Oh, sorry, it's Joe. Sorry, mm. yeah. I got excited then. I was like, oh, that'll be. That, that, imagine that if all of these people suddenly turned up for the first time. Yeah. Um, but now, as it is, Liz Shaw's been sacked off for being too clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, Joe Grant's there, and she is. I mean, they, they don't get along immediately, right? They are immediately antagonistic towards each other. No, he, he says, loathes her from the says, start. Oh, yeah. no, no, this won't do at all. Yeah. <laughs> what won't? You haven't met her. Yeah. <laughs> She's done I nothing. Know. Hmm. He's immediately got preconceived notions about her, and yeah. just yeah. off the bat, loathes her. Hmm. Yeah. Well, just to be fair to him, to start off, she does something unforgivable, which is try and put out a fire. Mm. Like, oh, like an my. idiot would. Yeah. Yes. And then he calls her a ham-fisted bun vendor. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. Fantastic. A ham-fisted bun vendor. What does that even mean? What? what do you mean? I don't know. What, is, that, is that a good thing or a bad thing, Doctor? Why don't you just call me a bitch? Then I know where I, I know where I stand. That's just like a really abusive a weird... thing, isn't it? Because if he never calls her like an overtly rude thing, she can never say he's being abusive. So he do- he just calls her like a an ostrich necked, uh, you know, tortellini <laughs> salesman. And she's like, "What is that bad? I don't know." <laughs> just a long, slow torture where she'll she'll end up getting Stockholm syndrome when the doctor finally yeah, exactly. Leaves yeah. <laughs> I miss my captor who tried uh, to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in many ways, Perry had it better. At least he was overt about it. So obviously, the, fir- the, the first thing I'm saying as soon as Joe makes her entrance, ham-fisted mm. bum vendor, I was just shouting, run, Joe, just run. <laughs> run. <laughs> run now. Please. Well, oh, she, she reassures me of her credentials by saying she did science at school. Mm. That's right. <laughs> mm. A compulsory subject. Yeah, and he says, yeah. Oh, that very well be, but you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> But then we find out she's an expert in cryptology, safe-breaking explosives. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. When does that ever come up? Doesn't. 
No. She did, she, she did CSE code breaking. <laughs> she once got an email written in Wingdings and she was able yeah. to read it. Yeah. And that was it. And then she was convinced they had predicted 9 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, the first thing she tells the doctor is about these uh, um, that someone has someone gone missing. Is that where something's yeah. been stolen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they go to they they hop in Bessie to Beacon Hill Research Establishment. Yes, uh, the same venue. I think that Tom Baker threw himself off mm-hmm. when he got bored of being the doctor. Mm. Well, yeah, they find out that uh, that uh, a really really dangerous piece of alien tech, which turns mm. out to be Nestine tech, has been stolen because it's been on display in a local. <laughs> <laughs> That's just brilliant. I love yeah. the idea. Yeah. So we've got this um, constant burning explosion that never seems to switch off. <laughs> um, and we thought we'd just put it on display. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, why put dangerous alien tech on display? It's so weird. I didn't Indiana even, yeah. Jones would be livid. He really yes. <laughs> it doesn't belong in a museum. No. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also some dodgy green blue screen there as well, isn't there, when the guards yes. knocked out? Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an entire heist filmed in mid-shots. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I so New Year, I was like, we're going to do, we're going to do wheezing pod, and I, I want it to be cleaner. I want it to, I don't, you know, we go sometimes go into the gutter a bit, mm, and I was do. like, we're going to be better than that. Mm, and then the yeah. first, the first episode, within five minutes, there is a character who smells of eggs called Gooch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do with that? <laughs> and let's be honest, he looks like a paedophile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, he's up there. <laughs> if you look on my resume underneath horse riding and fencing, you can clearly see paedophile. <laughs> Gooch as well. Gooch just makes you think of farts as well. This it does. Awful oh, man. <laughs> I'll do that as soon as I finish my hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, <laughs> he's hard-boiled eggs that he doesn't like that his wife gives him. A bit of character. Mm. Mm. It's fun. Yeah. Um, and also, he's working, he's working in a... Um, radio telescope sort of um, station with a sign behind him saying keep clear of radio telescopes <laughs> <laughs> can't actually do his job he's like get out of the way we can't see anything on his third day just turn around and go oh yeah. <laughs> oh no do you and think, do you think it's the... like a, in Roald Dahl's book The Witches do you think Gooch would have to spend the rest of his life as a tiny man <laughs> as, a tiny, as a tiny as a tiny egg mm. yeah yeah <laughs> It's amazing that Gooch becomes his own packed lunch. Yeah. I, I want right now a big yeah. finished drama called The Adventures of Gooch. <laughs> lost, perpetually lost inside packed lunches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like battling a fruit. Inch high so, time lord. Yeah. This, this week, the samosa. <laughs> <laughs> also, they, they really missed a trick um, in later Doctor Who's where they were... As we know, in like Deadly Assassins, if the master yeah. shrank anyone, then they'd get an action man toy. Mm. In this yeah. one, they bothered to actually go, Yeah, look, there he is. He's inside a packed lunchbox. It looks really good, doesn't it? It looks yeah. actually pretty It looks all right. Impressive. He's like ca- casually leaning on a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and I have to say, that Thermos flask he's drinking from is beautiful. Mm. That should be official Doctor Who merch. That should be in a museum. That is, <laughs> that is beautiful. Um, so then, obviously, we find out... Uh, so the master turns up, and obviously he turns him into a little action man, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then the doctor's heading up there to, uh, to, to investigate the, the telescope, but he's stopped <laughs> just before he enters the door by uh, another CSO a bit of jiggery-pokery, and it's a Time Lord. Yes. yes. It, it, it's either Bradford or Bingley from the yeah. Bradford and Bingley <laughs> men. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. But I love no. this. I love how... S- Sort of mischievous and silly the Time Lords are. When it they is turn so up. stupid. Mm. It's brilliantly and it's so quintessentially English as well. Mm. It's like he even appears like yeah. a pop and oh, hello. <laughs> he's basically Mr. Ben, isn't he? Yes, he's Mr. Yes. Ben. <laughs> it's that Mr. Ben adventure where he walks through the curtains and suddenly he's in midair falling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Won't go back to that shop again. Yeah. <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> the shopkeeper going. <laughs> <laughs> you said I was going to be an astronaut, but you are sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the time lord says that he's chosen a very good disguise, which I really liked as a joke. 
Yes. Yeah, that's fun. It's a kind of character that now, if it was filmed now, obviously Mark Gatiss will play him, right? It's that kind of slightly yeah, out of time yeah. Englishman. Mm. And he's, uh, he warns him that the master's around and that mm-hmm. they do that thing about, like, it's almost like we were at school together and all that stuff. Mm. Which is, yeah. Uh, all very interesting. Um, and, the, and then, the, so the Time Lord says, don't go, the only time the Time Lords have ever done this, which is go, don't just open that door because you'll get blown to smithereens. Yes. Yes. Um, we're going to give you a little warning. Yeah, which they very rarely leave. do, right? And then he pops yeah. off. Mm. And, uh, and she was in Renner Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote. Oh my God, I'm watching Renner Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're never seen again. They know that the time that time lord is never seen again. Anyway, no. he seems like a nice chap. Mm. And, and the, the Pertwee's solution to the bomb is just to open the door really quickly, really quickly. And mm. he does some action Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he and he catches the bomb. And we find out that the uh, master, who's previously been in the room, has been has been tinkering with the shaft angling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really wanted to keep it clean this year, folks. Yeah, and then we tried, guys. We really also, tried. The, the but when the master, when the master's mass, yeah. Oh, the master's plan throughout the entire episode, the whole story doesn't make sense. But if he succeeded, the satellite dish would have been out of our <laughs> So it's so true. I know. I know. I mean, obviously, we, we will get to it, but there's a bit in in episode four where the doctor goes, "Your plan's rubbish, and it's going to backfire. They're going to kill you." And the master mm. goes, "Oh, gold, you're right. What a, <laughs> mis- what a mistake to make." <laughs> Because then we cut to my favourite bit, which is it's another iconic person because it's technically it's the master with Davros. Um, yes, which I've yes. Seen because it's um, Michael Wisher who's playing uh, Rex Farrell, the owner mm. of a plastics factory. <clears throat> oh. um, and I, I, I think he and this character are incredible. Like he's yeah. a real tragic figure, old Rex Farrell. And I think he's like he's trying to prove to his dad that he can run the company, and no one thinks he can run the company. And I think that's a lovely detail. Mm. Yeah, I want to prove myself. I want to do things. And his dad's like, oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I, think, I think we'll carry on burning coal and shooting yeah. women. That's what we've always what we've always done here at Burning Coal and Shooting Women PLC. I want a moment where someone just turns to the camera and goes, hello, it's 1971. We're excited about plastics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that people start talking about, like, oh, Rex has become obsessed with one of his clients. And it's like... But has that ever happened before? Has he ever become obsessed with a, a bottling plant or something? <laughs> Every day someone new walks in. <laughs> yeah, taking it back. They don't even know how to hypnotise people. He's just incredibly naive. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they're there and uh, it ends um, with... Uh, where are we? I'm just going through. Because then he meets James McDermott who works in the supply company. Who's in the day today? Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Harry Taub uh, is a great actor, and he is—he's unhappy with how things are going at the plastics factory as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, don't really know what's going on here. <laughs> no, because one day they're building inflatable chairs, the next day they're building mannequins, and then they're mm. building weird troll dolls. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah, Actually. and then and then daffodils. It's just what. Yeah, if you're on that, that production line, you must be like, what are they, what is happening in here? Hey, Bert, you shouldn't have put that LSD in his tea. <laughs> I, I thought it would be funny. <laughs> what are we making today, then, lads, on the shop floor? We're making industrial uh, housing points for... No, I'm sorry, we're making daffodils, are we? <laughs> Inflatable plastic chairs, are we? Christ, I need another job. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, so then, obviously, uh, we the, the, we find out that Gooch Gooch is in the in the box, and that is your end of part one. Mm. Yeah, and it does look very good. It looks really yeah. good that Gooch is all slumped there. I think, like we say, I think it looks really impressive. He should wake up yeah. and go, "Oh God, it really smells of eggs in it, <laughs> <laughs> like really badly." <laughs> Imagine being in a room with a giant egg. <laughs> it smells. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst punishment he could ever have had. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, have we got... Oh, no, so, so that the, then the, the... I keep on forgetting this, sorry, because then the... Uh, have we got to that bit yet? I've got all confused with my notes. Has hmm. Joe gone to the factory yet? She hasn't, has she? That's later. That's the end of the first episode. No, no, that's the end. Joe um, jo, oh, jo yeah. goes to the factory. She manages to hide by being directly in front of the master. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> and knocks then over some crates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's hiding behind Unigate milk crates. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends with Joe, um, who's going to open a bomb. And she doesn't know yeah, it's a bomb. I have to open it. I have to open it. She's screaming. I have to open, see what happens. Yeah. yeah she's been, she's been, she's been mind diddled by the master. Mm. She has. It's a really weird yeah. unboxing video where she's just going like mad. 
<laughs> because then she's suffering from schizoid disassociation, and it's the yes. nicest. Pert- Pertwee's only ever nice to Joe when she's about to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, even the doctor says she's suffering from deep trauma, and I just thought that's only going to get worse, Joe. <laughs> that's only going to get worse. Oh yeah. And you know oh, why he was nice to me? Respect. <laughs> <laughs> Dearing me. Oh my goodness. It's an S Pod thing. The podcast revisiting S Club 7's insane TV show. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's binge watched this, anyone who's not on drugs. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this into my life. Uh, it was honestly <laughs> truly appalling. Guests helped me analyse the show in more detail than anyone ever asked for. It feels weird to me to say the phrase sex object in a show that <laughs> was aimed at six year olds. Do you think, do you think this is one of the problems with this show is that seven is too much? It's an S Pod thing from Great Big Owl. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So then, uh, so then we've got the, the, the infamous, or fame, I think it's great, the Harry Tal uh, chair death scene. Yes. It is good, actually. There is some, there's good. something yeah. genuinely horrible about it. Because the yeah. chair looks genuinely horrible as well. It does. He says it's like damp or something, doesn't he? It's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, just... it feels damp. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Because John's, John's already been in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he found it in Dennis Nilsson's living room. <laughs> And so, and I think he does a great job of like, I think, yeah, of being killed by it. And it looks really, really impressive. Yeah. Because I used yeah, to assume because... he was just pulling it onto his head, but you can see it's actually being pulled by something else, like a string right on him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah, been yeah. horrible. That, yeah. that is a hard death to pull off effectively. Mm. 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 Uh, yeah. But he does it really well. Death and then by comfy chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, I'm being killed. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's happening. No. There wasn't and, even uh, a five minute warning, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only chair that rings you up five minutes before it kills yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the great little Bondy moment when uh, when Michael Wisher says, "Sylvia, please, can you advise us on the, his uh, conditions of termination from employment, please?" And mm. it's all very funny and very like witty. I was like, mm. "Oh, this is good." Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we then we meet Farrell Senior, who's turned up having been called by uh, having had the five minute call from uh, yeah, the, from the chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's all this I hear about people dying in my office? Yeah. <laughs> and they haven't moved the chair. That's no. what's so weird is the chair is still there in the corner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably put it on display. Yeah, in that in the same place as the nesting uh, dome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a sign saying, "Please do not sit on the." <laughs> On the please, exhibit. Do not, please do not feed the dangerous chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Farrell Senior, he try, so the master tries to hypnotise Farrell Senior, but he's too stubborn. Mm. Too stubborn, yeah. He's too old world colonial. I was yeah. in nine world wars. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. I'm not yeah. having that, you silly sod. <laughs> and also, also, the master's very clever because he's now known as Mr. Masterston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> master Masterson. Master Masterson. He's absolutely brilliant. Which is also pointless because no one knows who the master is yet, so he could just he could just be called call himself the master for <laughs> yes, anyone cares. That's absolutely true. Yeah, you can just walk around going, "Hello, I'm Mr. Evil Bastard Master, <laughs> Mega Maniac, Absolute Fuck, wait, Hate Everyone." Like Mr. Trick Junior. You, you could put someone in that chair and then play Mastermind. And then when they, they do too many passes, they get eaten. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the chair says, "I've started, so I'll finish." 
Well, it's like when the master turns up at the circus and uh, he hears someone say ringmaster, and he says, "Well, I've been in a while, but okay." And, <laughs> and then Alec Guinness turns up and says, "Some yeah. other evil is taking over the circus." Yeah. <laughs> this is not the science fiction I was looking for. <laughs> and then walks out of shot. Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> So, the, uh, because the master can't um, hypno hypno dazzle him, he decides yeah. to give him the most repulsive looking piece of plastic hatred in <laughs> in goblin in goblin form that you could ever. I mean, that is a horrible, that is a I, deeply horrible thing. I've it looked really up is. what it was. Mm. Well, it was uh, merchandising for Glastonbury. It's Michael Evis. <laughs> It's just convincing. If you're going to give someone a doll thinking, and um, I want to make sure that you keep hold of that and it kills you, don't Mm. make it look like it's the the most personification of evil. (laughs) Make it look really nice and tactile and like, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I saw when they repeated this when I was a kid, I saw this episode. I mean, a bit later on when it moves about, and it really, really scared me. It is yeah. frightening, isn't it? It's really frightening because it moves weirdly and it's, yeah, it's very creepy. It moves so weirdly. I think that's because the guy in the suit can't genuinely get up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which actually makes it even more other... And the other thing is, is the music they play when the doll comes alive is horrible. Mm. Yes. It's a Moog synthesizer gone mad and it's like, oh, <laughs> God. Mm. And the little bobbing of his hands, he does a weird thing when he gets up first time where he sort of brushes himself down as well. Yeah, he brushes himself down. That's hilarious. That's the guy inside going, oh, fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mind if we cut? I've got a stitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically the dog goes, oh, look. those eggs. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically the dog gets up and goes, oh, look at the muck in here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shut that lunchbox. (laughs) (laughs) So he's uh, he's driving. So old Farrell Senior is on his way back, and then um, for some reason, uh, Pertwee ends up at the circus because that's where someone went missing. Is that right? That's the the, yes. the, the other guy at the dish had gone missing and gone that's to the circus. Right. Yeah. That's he's right. Gone to the circus. Yeah. And also, I think the doctor is going to use that as an excuse to go and one, go and hate one of the elephants or something. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him; he's karate chopping elephants now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bessie turns up at the circus and immediately eight clowns get out of it because that's the, uh, the only thing that makes sense. I've seen a yeah. house die. Mm. I've, seen, I've seen a horse die. And I've never seen an elephant die. <laughs> or even high. To make oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, Dumbo the Elephant went high. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so the doctor goes to the circus and immediately gets captured by Carney Bill and the yeah. strong man, Tony. Tony the strong man. Tony the strong man. That's very exciting, and he gets tied up, and he does a, he goes full partridge. He does like a proper partridge being strangled voice, which is mm. a lot of fun. Yeah, brilliant, just brilliant, just 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 And then the I mean, so he then needs to be saved by Joe once again. Joe being amazing in this episode. Joe, as as far as I'm concerned, apart from being hypnotised, hasn't put a foot wrong. No, no, no. She's stepped up to the plate every time so far. Yeah, and even uh, even though she's only known the doctor for ten minutes, yeah, <laughs> and there's no reason to trust or like him. She's no. Yeah, and there's uh, no reason to really get involved. Or yeah. like, Do you know what? This is too rich in my blood. I'm going to sit this fucker out. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and so she knocks out the strongman. Yeah, she with, does. with a very bad vase. Yeah, <laughs> that almost the, shatters before when she picks it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit you on the head with a pre-shattered vase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it breaks the heart and the head. Mm. And then it cuts back to the Haporo death. Of... I was just reading the newspaper, <laughs> ha- having a laugh, having a laugh at the obituaries. And his yeah. wife's off. I'm just going to pop into the kitchen and be safe from the hideous demon yeah. monster you've got. So and make pops some into coffee, a dear. Two-dimensional kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she has a Zoom while. meeting. Yeah, <laughs> just another virtual Zoom background. Zoom meeting. I thought I'd go in the kitchen. Is this a Zoom meeting with Blake Seven? Yeah, yeah. can I be on that, please? <laughs> I want to be Avon's mum. <laughs> so I can say, cooey, Avon calling. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly this thing gets up, scuttles across the floor. Yeah. Mm. Kills him. And kill, but strangles him. <laughs> Don't know how. No. Um, but then she lets out the be- I think the quintessential Doctor Who scream. Scream! She really goes for it, and yeah. it's terrifying. It yeah. really is. She's brilliant. Like I know it's, it's only a small part, but she really sells it. Mm. She does. She really does. Um, meanwhile, the Doctor's being menaced by clowns. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Menace by Clowns. And then he yeah. finds the Master's TARDIS, his uh, yes. horse box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he has a little tinker, but you're not sure what's going on. No, he, removes, he removes something, an aerolator. He removes something. It's called an aerolator. But yeah, it's like a scene from a bad Batman film, because suddenly they're all like surrounded by all these circus folk, and mm. they're being sort of scared. But don't worry, the police have turned up. Hooray! Yeah. Yeah, Hooray. See, don't you worry, the boys in blue are here. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the back. Let's bundle you in the back of the car. Yeah. And we're going to uh, take, take you to safety. Or are they? Whoa. Because as Barry Lett says in lots of documentaries and things, we had letters from Scotland Yard saying, please don't make policemen frightening. Well, sorry, Scotland Yard. This mm. is about to be fucking terrifying. Yeah. Wow. So this is this is Lett's going, fuck the police. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can still see it now. Because <laughs> 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 this guy's just... Got- Sorry. I was just sat on my husband's stairlift. Neither going up or down, but it set it, set it to vibrate. When, <laughs> casually toying with a lovely kind of pledge up and down my well-oiled thighs. When my husband shrieked at the top of his voice, <laughs> forgetting his safe word completely and falling off the dagger rail. <laughs> With his leather pantaloons on. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, because let me tell you back there. Yeah, it here it is. This scene, this scene received record complaints at the time. Wow, I'm not surprised because it mm. is like imagine saying. I mean, now of course, bloody mm. a cab. Mm. You know, no one trusts the police. But back then, they were probably a bit of trust in the police, and and so they were told, no, a policeman is not safe. That's a, an auton. Yeah, you're mm. absolutely because we we are still in the world of Z cars and Dixon and Doc Green, so the policemen are very dependable and always yeah. there. And suddenly, one turns around and it's his face comes off, and it's a bloody auton. It's an auton. Cut to wow cut to in the automobile. In yeah. the automobile, and, and that's a really good cliffhanger. Yeah, it's it is. so good. Yeah, and um, and then we're back, and we have this like shootout, and we have the best stuntman fall I think I've ever seen. Oh, yes, Doctor Who. yes, yeah. And yeah. um, he goes for ages, like and he kept on falling, and I was like, what if the rest of the story is just this auto <laughs> falling down a hill? <laughs> Not only does he then fall down a hill, and then falls through the earth, just yeah. <laughs> la- la- lands in Australia, and there's a spin-off sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't go in front of the Barbie again, John. You'll melt. Um, I have to say that the Auton's hand reveal, weapon hand, are that's brilliant. Yeah, that is it's just so good. brilliant. It's always looked great. The idea of this sort of auxiliary flap hand, and then, then and the guns make brilliant <laughs> noises. Yeah. They sound cool. It looks cool. You can see why Russell D. Davis was like the first episode ever back of Doctor Who. We want to go with like a really strong image, so we got yeah, the back, yeah, so yeah. That was really good. Um, but uh, the Doctor's saved by unit, thank goodness. Mm. Yes, yeah, the yes. Brigadier um, turns up. Big old quarry fight. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> love a, and yeah, love a quarry fight and a quarry being used as a quarry. Always fun. Yes, yeah, yeah, first time it's not an alien planet. <laughs> 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 and also the, also the Brigadier gets his hands dirty. He gets a bit handy on a big gun. He's, oh, he's giving yeah. it large, isn't he? Mm. Love Fuck it. yeah! <laughs> 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 well, he's going to, I mean, like, he's heavy-handed this episode. We'll get to his other plan which is to have a um uh, what's it called an airstrike on a, on a coach which yeah, is yeah. a baffling bit of, of military strategy there. <laughs> there are there are times in in these four episodes where the whole thing looks a bit like a public information film warning us about <laughs> mm. stuff it's really odd well the bit where joe gets to get that frisbee out of the pylon definitely yeah exactly <laughs> And you're, expe- you're expect- yeah, and you're expecting the doctor to go, no, but he's like, no, no, go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> I think there's two frisbees out there, Joe, stay out there. <laughs> I'm getting that fridge. Yeah. <laughs> why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you get in that fridge, which is inside an explosion, inside a fire, inside the moon? Um, all right. She's literally think... about to uh, have a plastic bag over her head in a bit, so this is all there. Uh... Oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah, and also yeah, that stranger had, sure does have a lot of sweets and puppies. <laughs> if you don't want to see a, a rabbit, Joe, go ahead. <laughs> so there's been a huge scrap. Someone's been driving into Autons. It looks amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Looks and you so find good. that, and you now find out that the, da- uh, that the Dardis, sorry, the mm-hmm. Doctor, has mm. stolen the dematerialization circuit from the Master's TARDIS. Yes. And like, That's cool. And I then like we get the another that. good gag where he tries it on his own TARDIS. Yeah, he tries yeah. to leave, basically. Yeah. <laughs> tries to le- leave the story. Yeah. And, uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck this. It doesn't work with my TARDIS. Bugger. 
it's a proper wah, wah, wah moment, isn't it? It's very yeah. satisfying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a callback to the opening, I don't want to set the world on fire, isn't it? Again, yes. it yeah. comes yeah, out yeah. full of smoke again. Um, and then um, and then we cut to the, the most... Ops- factory? Oh, what's that? Yeah, it? yeah. Mm. But also the, 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 the Frank side bottoms coming to town. Oh, my mm. goodness. They are the, incredible. That yeah. is amazing. How can you make an Auton even more scarier? Yeah. Just yeah. then give it a, this ridiculous cartoon 1950s smiling Frank it's side so bottoms. so scary. Well, it was before they were on TFI Friday, of course. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all joined you too and started. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a jet. That's brilliant. Yeah. That Horrible. all looks so, so good. good. Mm. Oh. So sinister. And it's that thing about that Pertwee always said about Doctor Who, where it's strong because it's when it when it brings sort of the extraterrestrial to the mundane. And this is really that, isn't it? It's like yeah. really scary, but it's very sort of normal. It's very cool. And, and you and you can really faces. S- yeah, yeah. smiling mm. faces. And you can really see how they've taken that idea and run completely to time with it in in all the new Who. They've basically mm. gone. How can we take things that we all adore and make them scary? So let's just do statues. Let's just do Christmas trees, yeah. water, water itself. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They just make they're making the mundane into hyper threatening, and it just so works because they're the most memorable new who's for me. Are when it's like that Christmas tree's rotating; it's going to kill everyone. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, don't look at a statue. Don't drink water. Don't. It's brilliant. It's so good. And then we get we get a thing which I didn't realise happens or in almost every unit story now, but it's only when you because we we watched you know spoiler alert. Sometimes we watch some of these more than one in one go, Mm. Um, and um, which is you've got you. But then someone higher up in the in the government turns up and is an absolute dick, and mm. everyone hates them. So in this one, you've got Mr. Brownrose, who I've called Mr. Brownnose. Mm. Yeah, funny man. Take that. Um, yeah, who sort of turns up at unit and sort of start wants to take control of everything. I know, but then the doctor says, "Well, well actually, I go drinking at the club with Lord Tubby Rowlands, so yeah. everything's fine." So the, yeah, so the doctor's now like going to a gentleman's club. <laughs> <laughs> In his cape. Oh, I, of course he goes to a gentleman's club, mm, doesn't he? Of course he fucking does. That's how it I bet when he arrives, I'm like, oh, Christ, he's here again. <laughs> hey! He's just like karate chopping the staff. Hying his way through. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got Lord Lucan out, of course. <laughs> he's on Gallifrey. Yeah. <laughs> Time he's in, Lord he's Lucan. In, he's, in, he's in Loch Ness with the Time Lash guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Then there's the telephone engineer. So we got the telephone engineer. Which, <laughs> uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah. No one knows what the master looks like. Why does he need to be in disguise? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, and his disguise is, yeah, all right, mate, yeah, I'm just a normal chap trying to make a little, you know, a living. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a gifted impressionist as well. He really yeah, is. Why, and Mike Yates is interested. Yeah, why would he want a longer wire? Oh, I think it's because he wanted to walk around a bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, that sounds like him. He walks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some and about the doctor are forgetting his safe word, so we thought we'd get some more industrial strength plastic in. Um, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what he gets up to with the boys in the in and out club. I've heard it's more the in club than the out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's me. I'm gonna have me pickled eggs. Bye. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the but they don't they don't pay box? that off until. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but, then of course the doll comes back to life which is fun and Yates unloads like so many bullets into it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well he comes back to life because Yates was um, going to make Fiddling cocoa the with, 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 with the oh, doctor's yeah. equipment the and doctor gets very angry have you been mm. messing around with my Bunsen burner mm. yeah the same man who uses a, a silicon rod to stir his tea in, mm. a, few, in a few episodes yeah mm. exactly mm. to add you're using red hot radiation isotope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't boiling before I put it in, but it's now. To, to eat his yogurt, it's like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Joe, try this for me first, would you? <laughs> I'd love it's it if there was one scene doctor. where he wanted to eat his yogurt and all he could find was an unconscious gooch. So he just <laughs> <laughs> dips him in and sucks it off his head. <laughs> this, this yogurt tastes a bit eggy. Yeah. <laughs> We never find out what happens to all the masters, like victims. Is there like a tiny cemetery somewhere in a tree box? I think they're all living in like a castle, Grayskull playset. <laughs> oh god! Oh, Where's the more like a chain run? Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> this gives them fluffy hair and sells them as trolls. Yeah. I love oh the fact my that- god. 
when the doll attacks Joe, Joe does what any sensible person would do, which is just like smack it away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, no Fuck power. off! Yeah. <laughs> Drop kick that fucker out the window. <laughs> Throw the puffer fish at it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the. Um, the, the whole thing with the flex uh, is finally oh, um, God. W- weird flex uh, turns mm. up and it's uh, and it's that the, the master calls the doctor. Mm. Yes. Hello, and, doctor. Hello. And we oh, it's the face off. This is exciting. It's the face off. But it just turns into a Pertwee Gern fest, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, my God. That is just so hilarious. He literally <laughs> goes, he literally goes boss eyed. <laughs> looks directly into camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he se- he sells the unsellable there, so you sh- we should give him credit because we should written like, down that must have sounded ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> but I I quite because I was thinking how they're going to achieve. I quite like the the way they make the wire sort of loop around him. Um, mm. this, I mean, you you gen you can hardly see the bit of like you know fishing line that they're using to do it, <laughs> um, and it actually looks quite good. And they didn't the, the good thing is they didn't speed it up and make it look really carry on and silly. No, or yeah. do it in reverse I mean, uh, like they probably or reverse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it, it's the, the whole thing is. Spoiled by the fact that just 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 bring it back a bit, John. Bring it back. Okay, you've given us a hundred. Now give us seventy. Yes. I thought I'd play it like I've just stood on a rake. Yeah. I think I'll play it like I've just stood on every piece of Lego in the world. It's almost like the end credits needs to go into his mouth and. But anyway, it's it's hilarious. Anyway, they, they come up with a brilliant idea after the cliffhanger to unplug the phone. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how that... How, does that... What, so the phone's not functioning and the nesting can't work? I, don't... I think so, because it's being summoned through the radio waves, isn't it? So that's yeah, the master's got a little oh, pen. Yes, I suppose so, yeah. 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 Because so... if, it, if it didn't work like that, then, or if it worked like that, then all the autons had to be constantly going around charging themselves. Because yeah. <laughs> then it comes anyway. back to the master and he's just like going, Hello? Hello. Yeah. And then Maureen Lipman comes on and goes, you killed him with an ology. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so the doctor is saved by um, not being strangled to death. And yeah. then we get possibly the best line I have ever heard in Doctor Who for, for many, many. There's a little bit of to and fro. And then yeah. someone, someone says this line. We've discovered the whereabouts of the Nestine Autons in a coach distributing daffodils, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Never the point, isn't has it? the English language had all those words put together. <laughs> There's also that line earlier on where Joe, the Doctor's constantly not letting Joe go with him because obviously he thinks she's weak and stupid. Mm. And as, as the Doctor leaves, she turns to Yates and says, I just want to, imp- you know, I just want to show that I can do something. And Yates yeah. says, don't try. Don't try. <laughs> we should make a t-shirt. Make yeah. the tea, would you? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, patronising, and mm. I love this coat. This is a weird coach because mm. is that from the circus? Are we now? Do we sort of left the circus behind? I'm but... not sure. No, it just um, looks the, like the... a pensioners away day thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, they find all... out in Rex's office that he, he hired one. He hired oh, one. Yes, yeah. of course. Mm. So has the, the master done that? Has the master hired a coach? He's had to go. Probably put a deposit down and you oh, know just go through all the red tape. <laughs> if this was a six-parter, there would be the whole thing of him on him on hold to the coach company, <laughs> him hypnotising yeah. the coach person, the coach person yeah. being throttled by the phone line. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, someone going, "I'm sorry, we ain't got any coaches." Um, um, you know, would you be happy with a minivan at all? Yeah. <laughs> and then they discover that the the the. The daffodils are activated by radio waves, which makes them yes. a bit like those dancing plants from yeah. the 80s yeah. with the sunglasses on. Mm. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then and then it starts looking around, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and you're at that point going, I don't know how how is this daffodil going to actually do anything? And you know, like scary. Is it just going to mm. like fly mm. across, looking <clears throat> stupid? But yeah. no, it 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 gobs on you. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? It's, it's, like, so it's like it's like a, it's like it's like the Joker's. Um, Co- you know, comedy thing that spits acid in, yeah, in yeah. Yeah. flower. It's yeah. brilliant. It just mm. spits a plastic film, and that bit looks brilliant. Mm. It looks so good. Now, it's only scuppered later because, you know, they, they eventually get the plastic off Joe, thank goodness, because that is truly horrible. Yeah. Um, mm. And then the doctor breathes on it and it dissolves, and he goes, Oh, it's designed to dissolve in CO2. Yeah. In which case, so. Don't put it directly up. Yeah. How is that? Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should design one that goes around your arseholes. You yeah. just, just like, 
she just she just asphyxiate to death. But then of course the doctor would go, well, if you eat all these eggs, the sulphur yeah. will get rid of it. That's sending gooch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it gets disintegrated by breath. Mm. So yeah. the first thing the first thing you do is they cover the mouth. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, it doesn't work at all. Um, but also, they, some... there's a good thing here if you wanted to stop someone from ever stealing anything out of your safe as well, of course. Yes, oh, that? that's true. Well, you put an auton in it. Oh yeah. yes, that's where you put as your long as you've got a six foot safe. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But also, you've got to realise at this point, after the masters designed this heinous daffodil, mm. it's actually it's actually designed a biodegradable plastic. He's actually <laughs> he's actually Greta Thunberg. He's going to save the world. <laughs> he solved the green plastic issue. He's exactly. It's when the doctor catches him and he goes, "How dare you!" I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, doesn't he call the? Doesn't he refer to the master as a, as a pumped up jagganape at one point as well? Yes, which that, is brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And he's a, a bounder, or so when he's talking to the time lord, he's like that. Yeah, yeah that bounder. He's a bounder and a jagganape. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, of course, so then they're in the coach and they're going to try and activate every single daffodil. Mm. Very scary. So the, so the doctor says we got to get to that quarry. Let's take yeah. Bessie, and you mm-hmm. get a really nice high shot of Bessie arriving in the quarry, and you suddenly realise what an absolutely uncomfortable piece of thing because <laughs> it yeah, see... it's got it's got no shock absorbers at no. all, no. and you see them bouncing into shots. <laughs> yeah, Roger like... Delgado's in the back, just going, "Oh fucking hell!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like in the Black Orchid when they all had to be in that vintage car and they were having a really yes. horrible time. Yeah. It's brilliant. They're literally bucking like 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 they're on a Bronco Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and it's just because Bessie's go, you know driven over an ant or something. It's, just... <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Of Toad Hall. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get captured in the coach. Which leads to my my favourite moment, which is oh, now, this is beautiful. When they need to alert, <laughs> they need to alert the brigadier, and they're all tied up. And the doctor comes up with the idea of having the brake pedals do um, uh, Morse code, Morse code. Yeah. And the message he leaves the, the brigadier is the longest. It's so message. long. <laughs> it would take about three hours to send that message. <laughs> all he has to say is doctor trapped but he's like yeah. I'm the doctor and Joe we're currently laying at three o'clock underneath the Argo um, born in a bit of peril at the moment who yeah. is responsible <laughs> riddle me this brigadier my first is in panic my second in just fucking tell him also I think I put Gooch in the fridge by accident <laughs> Best place for him, really. <laughs> Hi, Brigadier. Listen, I think I was a bit grumpy earlier. Sorry about that. Anyway, we'll come back to that later. Also, I've, Initially... I've designed a beer. I'm going to call it Gooch Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> it smells of eggs. <laughs> There's a Gooch Looch on this Gooch. <laughs> Doesn't actually work at all. Doesn't work at all. <laughs> he should have come in and untied them. He should have. Yes, yeah. he's so small. He comes out of the doctor's pocket and then yeah. ties them. That would have been also, brilliant. Also, he could have come in and looked at the doctor and just gone, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he's Sorry. messing the, around with the brake pedal. The brigadier sent me. He said the airstrike's due in five seconds. <laughs> you've, you've used three hours to send this message. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just... An airstrike on a coach. <laughs> an airstrike on a Wallace Arnold coach. He comes in to inform the doctor, listen, you've been here for five days. Um, the Autons have done it. They've won. <laughs> you've wasted so much time. The Brigadier's like, what He's took you so run. long to warn the doctor? I'm, I'm an inch high. <laughs> <laughs> took me five days to walk there. And of course... And of course and of course, because it was John Pertwee, the message that he was doing was also there, 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 there. So he, he's the only person who has actually got a Morse code stutter. Dash, 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 <laughs> uh, and then the Autons attack unit and there's a big shootout which is great oh, which is that's brilliant though it's brilliant because they actually have people to do it they actually yeah. have more than four people mm. Mm, it looks so it's really a really good. good shootout doesn't it it's a good, good shootout and the Autons look brilliant with their love it mm. love it uh, it looks brilliant it looks really good and then, um, and then, so then they they tell that obviously they warn the master that your plan is rubbish because all your plans are rubbish. Mm. And uh, it's really funny. The doctor goes, "You know that as soon as you do that, they're going to turn on you and kill you." And yeah. the master sort of goes, 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always what happens. Yeah. It's always yeah. they're going to turn on the master and kill him. Exactly, yeah. Mm. So they stop that and all the Autons fall down like in every, uh, every sort of uh, superhero movie after about yeah. 2002. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they get to the top of the radio telescope um, mm. and then via casual murders on the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the nesting thing is almost being summoned, which is, you know, peril, peril. Ooh. The master realises he's been a silly Billy, and then, yeah. of course, the Doctor does what he always does. He reverses the polarity of the neutron flow. <laughs> and the autons all collapse, and the master does what he always does. He just <laughs> legs it, legs it, legs it. He's off. But then Exit he, oh. stage left, even. <laughs> but hang on a second. He's only gone and bloody surrendered. Mm. Yeah. He's very out of character, but we'll go with it. So he mm. walks out and he's shot. He's mm. just shot. No, he tries to shoot someone. Mm. He tries That's to pick right. up a gun. And then he gets shot in the stomach, I think. Yeah, uh, and you think, oh, God. Ooh, wow, and Delgado's okay. does some lovely I've been shot acting. Yeah. Where he just oh, yeah. falls on his front, wriggles, and then sticks his ass in the air. So he's panicking, and then they find out it actually it's only bloody Rex Farrell in a mask. In a mask. In a mask. Yeah. Oh no! Which is horrible. It's because like Rex Farrell, poor guy, is just he's had a horrible time mm. with it, and now I guess he's just dead, right? He's just yeah. been shot. His story then, arc is so tragic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his dad dies, then he dies, and all of his workers die. It's very mm. weird. Yeah. Still, his mum's with quids in, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Get in your kitchen. Yeah. And she. And she. All, yeah. she <laughs> And so also she download she, a new one. Yeah. There she is. Pr- there she is printing a kitchen. And also you find out she's having it away with bloody baits. Yeah. I can get a plastic kitchen. Yeah. Finally. Oh, I've made something out of plastic that I really like. Oh. The end of the episode. Oh no! And Gooch is inside, just jumping up and down. <laughs> Imagine if oh. that's how that episode ended. A Doctor Who episode ends with Gooch being placed inside of a vibrator <laughs> with as a, a battery lo- with a love egg. Yeah, just give him loads of coffee, and he'll just like he'll slowly juggle his way. And an hour ago, Tom said we're going to do our best to keep it out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth a try. <laughs> Um, and then obviously the master drives off, and from the, from the angle of it, it looks like he just drives full over Farrell's body. Like, yes. <laughs> you yeah. can see it. Um, and then he says, uh, the, 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 the doctor, ignoring the fact that a man has just been shot. shot yeah, down. that's mm. no, because he gets yeah. his little I'm amazing moment. Mm. Yes, exactly. And then he yeah. says, oh, You know, me and the master are going to have other adventures, and I'm rather looking forward to it. Yes, because yeah. uh, also what, what he tells the master, because he's stolen his. Um, Dematerialization. Oh, yes, yes, He's stuck yes. on Earth. So. He, yeah. can't, he can't go. He can't mm. go anywhere. Yeah. Which is sort yeah. of terrible. Like, if you were actually the Doctor and you didn't want anyone else to die, you'd just want him off that planet as soon as possible, right? Yeah, you would, yeah. Yeah. Um, or or so, you would chase him and find him and, and capture him. But no, it's just, no. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to him killing lots of other people. <laughs> or, you yeah, know, exactly. you'd cut his head off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Cut his head off and put it on display. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on a sofa. Yeah. It's Terror of the Autons. Oh. Oh. Uh, by the way, I, we, we couldn't watch it. I watched this on BritBox. Um, yeah. because, but there is a, a shiny, I think on uh, February 16th or something, a shiny Blu-ray coming out of yes. this. Because it looks like it was filmed on fucking carpet, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's this whole episode. It's so <laughs> fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> so, filmed on carpet. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait for it to come out in like sharp Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my mm. God. It's the it's the only Doctor Who episode that's actually shown better on corduroy. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, I, I, I'm not going to poo-poo it because I, I genuinely loved it and we'll get to scoring Ooh. in a bit and whatever. But th- there's one problem I have with the four episodes is the editing of it is sometimes really bad. Mm. They, 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 like the last conversation of a scene is sometimes clipped by the edit. Mm. Oh yes, mm. interesting. Yeah, and it happens quite a few times. So it'd be people like, well, I don't think we'll ever be, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Yeah. 
But as, as an introduction to the master and as a Pertwee episode, it's really, it's just rollickingly brilliant fun, isn't it? Yes. It's so fun. It's so And enjoyable. scary. And mm. scary. Mm. Properly scary. Yeah. Now, I know we do this every time. I can't remember whether we do correspondence or scoring first. Scoring Scoring, first. scoring, scoring then correspondence. First. But okay. first of all, it needs to be a hundred something, Tom. Oh, yes. So, as this is your baby. Mm. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, hundred lunch boxes. Yes, a hundred boiled eggs. hundred boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well you start us off, Tom. How many Okay. How many hundred how how egg bound are you gonna get by your score? <laughs> um I think this is I, I know we've been sort of we've been taking the rise out of it. We've been mm, we uh, have, we've, yeah. But um but it is genuinely good and genuinely scary as well. And mm. like so like I remember I, my mum remembers this one and like how they used to give away uh, daffodils with like fit, um, washing liquid and stuff and apparently when she saw this she like didn't sleep for a week because she was worried that one of those things would be uh, would be dangerous and so I think oh my god yeah it was like it's properly it, scary but but does this also correspond to the time when you were sent home from school because you stank yeah <laughs> boiled eggs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I lived in my friend's lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go really high for this one. Um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it um, 88. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, that's a nice hefty score. Mm. Okay, I'll go next. Um, mm. It's just it's brilliant fun. Um, it really rollicks along. Um, it's it, not only has it got. It's got like triple threats, quadruple threats, because you've got the master. Then you've got the autumns themselves, which look amazing. Then mm. when they suddenly go in disguise, they look even more disturbing. Then mm. you can find out that, daff- that daffodils can kill you, plastic chairs can kill you, it's, and, and and then there's a little puppet running around killing everyone. It's just like wow, there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, the introduction to Joe is brilliant. She really proves herself to the Doctor in this. In fact, mm-hmm. she saves him out of scrapes so many times. <laughs> um, and it's just, and it, it just, it, it's really good fun. And the master runs away to come back another day. That's just what you want, isn't it? Wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it 75. 75 Ooh, eggs. Nice. Beautiful. Mm. Really good fun. I didn't, mm. I wasn't bored for one minute watching this. Yeah. Right. Um, what's your score again? 75? 75. 75, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to go really hard. Hi! On this one as hey. well. Uh, <laughs> just because, as I say, I saw this as a youngster. And it really, the, the doll really scared me. And yeah. for years, it lived with me, that image. It was very scary to me. And <clears throat> it's just got all the good elements, and John's amazing as ever. And mm-hmm. I love Delgado's master. And it's, again, he arrives, much like we were saying with Baker a few weeks ago, he arrives fully formed. Yes. Yes. There's, yeah. there's yeah. no, oh, he wasn't very good in this, he gets better. He's as consistently good as this all the way through. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to give it 80. Whoa! That's a lovely score. Mm. That's yeah. a lovely score. So we're talking 243 out of 300 boiled eggs. Wow. Wow, that's lovely. That's one big omelette. That's <laughs> it really is. Or a very small one, if, uh, if you're trying to feed little gooch. Oh, <laughs> little gooch. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to kick off the new year. Yeah. Terror of the autumn. really yeah. nice. Well, correspondence wise, we got a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll try and go through them as quick as I can. Okay. Uh, ben Thomas says, when the master infiltrates Unique HQ to install the Auton telephone flex that hilariously strangled Pertwee, is it ever properly explained why he goes in disguise as Joseph Fritzel? <laughs> <laughs> it is not. No. Uh, yep. Greg Newport says, Terror of the Autons, the Time Lord who warns the Doctor clearly modelled his dress sense on Jacob Rees-Mogg. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Mm. <laughs> Friend of the show, Toby Hadoki. Um, Toby says, Autons highlights, Pertwee's first insult to Joe is you ham-fisted bum, ven- bum vendor, as we said yeah. before. Yes, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Farrell's CSO kitchen. Lovely. The master subsequently ignored special power of being able to click his fingers whilst wearing leather gloves. <laughs> That's impressive. And Mike Yates checking out the, en- the telephone engineer's arse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's ha- a subplot that we never never uh, saw Ex- about the whole no. well, yeah, yeah. it, it come, comes back a bit in another episode we're going to cover today but um, mm. Harold O says Terror of the Autons showed really how good the concept of them was imagine using it now with micro beads joint replacements <laughs> hearing implants etc odd that they were forgotten about until the revival 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, Glenn Jones says, Autons is pig pertwee for me, making us scared of all those everyday things that surround us. Chairs, telephones, lunchboxes, policemen, circuses, CSO kitchens, Frank side bottoms, dispensing plastic daffodils in town centres, and short actors dressed as demonic killer trolls. <laughs> 90, he gives it 93 out of 100. Oh, wow. okay. Well, we're sort of on the same, on the same sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, gradient, I guess. Yeah, and that's it for the correspondence on Terror of the Autons. Whoa. Oh. That was a lot of fun. I think it's so strong, and it's you know it's it's really fun. It has actually a sense of humour as well, doesn't it, about itself? Yeah, yeah. the autons, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hmm. it's funny. It's and it's terrifying. Mm. And that's exactly what you want from who? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, again, happy new year, everybody. Oh. Happy New Year! Yeah. Happy New Year to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for joining us on our master debate part one. No. <laughs> mm. And um, keep following us uh, at Weezing Pod. I'm sure you are already. Yes, and and uh, thank you so much when, when I put it up there that we're doing these episodes for sending in, as in the case of this week, so much correspondence. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back with another master episode mm. soon. You will obey and listen to it. Mm. You I'm will. Looking forward to it. So am I, kind of. Until, <laughs> until next time, we're off to ham-fistedly vend some buns. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Watch. As I split the basic atom note, my fingers barely move enough to see. In fact, I draw the line across the leaf. Believe me, your puzzle faces wonder why. The sleight of hand deceives the eye Pure mystery Just for you when I've time to amuse Pure mystery Just for you when I've talent to amuse Pick a car Memorize the number Note the color and the suit Now put it back in the pack Keeping magic Magic is a science of the mind The card is red, the number five A diamond five, I think you'll find Your mystery Just for you will I have a talent to amuse Pure mystery Just for you will I have a talent to amuse Time was, my life was easy, working music halls, I played them all. Some of these are falling as they keep the I stopped the show. Birthday parties weren't my line. But now they help to pass the time. Hi, I'm Keza McDonald. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. Owl.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.